Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood. And of course, often we do not feel good enough. Here to help you face these challenges head on, specifically with new recommendations about the car seats. So we all want to do this really well. And for good reason we do, because car crashes remain a leading cause of death for children. In fact, in the last 10 years, this is kind of gross statistic, uh, four kids under the age of 14 have died each day. So these are preventable deaths usually um, and in ways dramatically because of the car safety restraints that we have. And that is because when you use the right child safety restraint or car seat or booster seat the right way, it lowers the risk of death or serious injury by more than 70%. So we can't probably prevent every single one. But if you are using the right car seat, the right booster, and the right position in the seatbelt, for example, you're going to reduce the likelihood in the worst case scenario of being in an accident, you reduce the likelihood of injury or death by 70%. So this is totally worth our time. I usually say to families that one of the most dangerous things we do every day is drive. It's true. So, um, and parents really, I think, want to get this right. So new recommendations have come out because there's been new data and new evaluation of data that was done in the past. And so the American Academy of Pediatrics came out with a new policy. And it's got a lot of media. But I just want to review kind of some of the nuances of, of what's in there. They go through five different scenarios of kind of how to use seats. And, and all of this comes at something that I always think about, and that is that each time you transition from the infant bucket seat to the convertible car seat that's rear-facing to the car seat that's not rear-facing but it's facing the front of the car, to the booster seat in the back seat with the seatbelt, to just a seatbelt in the back seat, to then a seatbelt in the front seat. Each and every time you make a transition, so all the way from that bucket infant seat all the way to that 14-year-old who was going off to high school sitting in the front seat, every time you make a transition, you decrease the level of protection. If we could put our 15-year-olds in bucket seats rear-facing, it'd be great. <laughs> but So every time we make a transition, we decrease the level of safety and protection we're providing our child in the case of an accident or a rapid slowdown where they could have significant or severe injury. So there's no rush to transition. But, of course, you have to transition based on kind of how the seat provides protection. And the seats are regulated and mandated to make sure that there are stickers on them that tell you, for example, if you're using what's called a convertible seat, one of those car seats with a five-point harness that can go either forward or backward, it'll tell you on the seat, okay, you can keep your kid rear-facing until your child weighs, you know, 48 pounds or 52 pounds and are at a certain height. So you can always make sure that you're using it well. But the new recommendation, the big change, is that back in 2011, we made a change and said, okay, babies that are sitting in the back seat, they face the back of the car. And it used to be that on their first birthday, we had told parents they could turn them around. But what we know in particular, because of how the head and neck is protected by a car seat when they're rear facing, all of the forces in a slowdown are absorbed by that seat and the head and the neck, the place that you could have such significant injury in a quick slowdown, are protected and, you know, the seat is behind their head and neck in a rapid slowdown. When we turn our kids forward, they're much more likely to have injuries. And it used to be that we said, okay, in 2011, we told families, okay, wait until they're at least two. And now the recommendation is wait as long as you can. And the good news is that most of these convertible seats are going to likely allow your child to be like a Scandinavian and face the back of the car until they turn over and go into a booster seat, usually around the age of four or five years of age. 
But again, even that transition from a convertible seat to that booster seat, you want to wait as long as you can. So if your child fits with the height and weight requirement in that five-point harness, the longer you wait, as long as they fit in the seat and are safe, the better. There's no rush to a booster. And frankly, there's no rush out of a booster. But I'm going to go through five of these different criteria or explanations of kind of how we do this at what age. So infants, of course, out of newborn babies, out, you know, going in those bucket seats that you can kind of pop in and out and are rear facing. Then you'll likely move to a convertible seat, probably sometime around like nine months because they get so stinking heavy when you're carrying those bucket seats around. So you'll get into one of those five point boots or excuse me, car seats that are going to go face the back. So that rear facing seat. And this is key. You're going to put that baby in your car. They're going to face the back of the car. Get one of those soft plastic little mirrors if you want to see their face because you have a long drive and you hate not knowing what they're crying about. Um, but get one of those and face the back of the car, and now there's no rush to turn them forward. Most kids will likely be able to face the back of the car till like four years of age. There's going to be no rush to turn them around. And again, remember that when that child is facing backwards, you know, infants and toddlers have relatively large heads and several structural features in their neck and spine that place them at particularly high risk for head and neck trauma and injury in a motor vehicle crash. So that rear-facing seat provides that optimal support to the back of their head and neck when that big slowdown's there. So most of the convertible car seats that are available here in the United States can accommodate children up to 65 pounds, and some go up to as much as 70 or 90 pounds. So it's not common that somebody goes off to kindergarten at 90 pounds. Sometimes they do, but, you know, I often joke that at age four, a lot of kids are kind of square. They're like four feet or and 40 pounds or whatever. So you or 40 inches. <laughs> I'm like confusing myself. But that they're usually around like 40 or 50 pounds. So I'm saying most of these kids in their Preschool and toddler years are all going to now want to be rear-facing. So that's the really big change. And I'm sorry if you don't like it, but, I mean, this is like talking about layering protection and one of the most dangerous things we do, which is drive our kids around. So if we start kind of making that change, I think we can keep it there. Now, if you wonder if your seat's the best seat or you wonder about the ratings of your seat or you wonder about the criteria with weight and height, check out the rating at www healthychildren.org slash car seat guide. That's the American Academy of Pediatrics site that does a nice job just reviewing the different seats that way. Okay, so we've got infants. We've got these convertible seats that you're going to do rear-facing as long. And then there's the whole transfer to the booster seat. Now, you can transfer to the booster seat likely around the time that your kid grows out of that seat rear-facing. So it's probably going to be close to the kind of kindergarten time, four or five or even six years of age. Again, no rush. But once you do it, make sure that the booster seat, what a booster seat is doing is lifting up your child's body a little bit so that the safety seatbelt in the back seat is going properly over their body. And there are three things that you you want that car seat seatbelt, excuse me, there's three, three things that you want that seatbelt to do when they're in a booster. You want the seatbelt to go kind of over the top of their thighs and their pelvis bones. You don't want it on their tummy or their belly button. You want it to ride up high. And that's what the booster seat does. It pushes the body up so that when the seatbelt's coming over their body, it rests on the top of their thighs and right on their pelvis. And then as the strap is coming up over the midsection of their body, you want it to be right in the center of their breastbone or their sternum, right in the center of their chest. And then as it crosses over their collarbone, you want it to be about halfway between their chin and their shoulder. You don't want it rubbing on their neck or on their head. And that's what a booster seat does. Now, when do you get to get out of a booster seat? Well, most recommendations uh, are longer than the kids want. So my kids on the way to school today were complaining, but they still fit better in a safety belt, in a seat belt with a booster seat. Now, the recommendation is typically that you want to have them in a booster seat till they're four foot nine inches in height. 
four foot nine inches. That's usually somewhere between the age of eight to 12. But I'll tell you, it's usually closer to 11 or 12 than it is to eight. It's an unusual eight-year-old who's actually four foot nine in height. And again, you can transition them out of the booster when you know that without the booster seat, that your child can do a couple of things. So there are three questions that this new policy recommends you figure out. Number one is, can your child, are they tall enough to sit against the kind of vehicle seat in the back with her or his knees bent at the edge of the vehicle seat without sodging and stay in that position comfortably. Meaning like, are they big enough to just sit upright and stay in the same position without kind of monkeying the seatbelt behind their shoulder and all those things? That's number one. Number two, does the shoulder belt lie across the middle of their chest and shoulder, like I explained, and not across their neck and face? And then number three, is the lap belt across their hips and pelvis? So if they can do that without the booster, then you can transition. But that typically doesn't happen until four foot nine and about eight to 12 years of age. So that's when you can transition to that seatbelt in the back seat. And again, then when you're checking, you're just making sure kids are not during those years or those early school years that they're not kind of tucking it behind um, behind their shoulder and it's not rubbing against their neck and slouching over. And then lastly, the best practice recommendation is that kids under the age of 13 should never be in the front seat. So they're in that seatbelt. They're out of that booster in the back seat. There's no rush to the front seat. And that's really based on the mass or the weight of your child in the front seat, the injury that can occur because of an airbag deploying and really the maturity of their bones and joints that ultimately until age 13, they're at bigger risk of injury sitting in the front seat, even if they're your height. If you're 11-year-old or you're 12-year-old, your height and your weight, the maturity of their joints and their bones will be better protected in the back seat. So again, of course, they want to sit in the front seat, but there's no rush. And most states really have you know laws and guidelines to really protect kids by saying wait at least until age 13. So those are the new updates. Infant seats are the safest. Every transition you make decreases it. Rear facing as long as the seat will allow it based on weight and height. Staying in the back seat and checking by those three things, the seatbelt on the top of those pelvis and hips, the belt coming right across the center of their chest and right in the middle of their collarbone or halfway between their chin and their shoulder, ideally. Um, Good luck. Uh, cart those booster seats along as possible. I'm sorry about the fights. And one little trick that my friend Dr. Alana Levine taught me a long time ago was put a little line on the wall at height four foot nine and say, don't come talk to me about getting out of that booster until you're that tall. It's a good way to stop those fights and uh, those uncomfortable conversations. Um, good luck with the start of the school year. Um, check out those links online on Seattle Mama Doc, but also in that healthychildren.org slash car seat guide for any more information and a reminder about these new recommendations. Reality is parenting is a high stakes job. The good news is we've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at seattlemamadoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 